Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include M&A and personnel moves, my interview with True's Bob Noble on practical AI applications for the mortgage industry, and who is buying mortgages. Thanks to True. As lending AI pioneers, True creates accurate data that powers automation and optimizes every step of the lending lifecycle helping lending organizations rapidly process loans, dramatically cut costs and risk, and radically improve the customer experience. This is Lending Intelligence. There's a lot going on all of a sudden. Redfin said adios to the National Association of Realtors. As the brokerage said, it would require many of its brokers and real estate agents to cancel their memberships with the National Association of Realtors due to allegations of sexual harassment at NARC. Meanwhile, Australia's computer share is saying adios to its mortgage services business in the United States and selling it to Rhythm Capital, owner of New Res and Caliber and other companies. Yes, computer share, the provider of share registry and employee share plan services, it's selling its quote-unquote troublesome, their words, not mine, CLS mortgage services business in the U.S. to asset manager Rhythm Capital for $720 million dollars. Rhythm will probably fold the computer share folks into the new resin caliber entities or watch for news of severance packages. The sale of CLS comes just after the business returned to profitability and the six months ended June 30th. The deal includes the sale of Specialized Loan Servicing, or SLS, a mortgage subservicer in the U.S., and would add a mortgage servicing rights portfolio of about $136 billion in unpaid principal balance to Rhythm. After the close of the transaction, but probably before the severance packages are issued, SLS's portfolio and operations would be transitioned to and managed by New Res, a Rhythm portfolio company. Rhythm, which is focused on real estate and financial services industries, will fund the acquisition through a combination of existing cash and available liquidity, along with additional mortgage servicing rights financing. Baron Silverstein, president of New Res, said, quote, the addition of SLS continues to grow our best-in-class special servicing business and adds more clients and homeowners to the new res platform. It further strengthens our origination and servicing channels, both of which are designed to deliver a customer experience that prioritizes a successful homeownership journey. End quote. For today's interview, I want to welcome back to the show True's Bob Noble to talk about practical AI applications for the mortgage industry. As Chief Product and Technology Officer, he's responsible for the direction and product roadmap of True Solutions, as well as managing the True Technology organization. With over 30 years of experience in providing innovative technology for Fortune 250 financial services and mortgage companies, he's passionate about AI, process improvement, and automation, holding several patents in these areas. I wanted to start by going off script a little bit, actually, and ask you kind of a, a qualitative question here about AI, because it's such a buzz topic in the mortgage industry right now. But back 10 years ago or 15 years ago, we were talking about digitization, digitalization is kind of end-to-end uh, digitizing in the mortgage process. And, and while it was a hot topic, it seems like we're still not fully there. So when we talk about AI in the modern context, are we at the point where it's evolving so rapidly that companies are already getting left behind? Or do you think it's going to take a long time for large enough adoption in the industry where it's going to make a big difference for companies? That's a, it's a really great question, Robbie. I, I think um, 
you know, AI is moving at breakneck speed. Um, and it may be one of the most overused terms in the industry right now. So I think picking the right AI is is important. Uh, because it is moving so fast, adoption, tip, you know, we've talked about digitization when I first started 30 years ago and we're not there, right? So you think when you add AI into the conversation, it's really not penetrated the market a whole lot. And so I think that's where, uh, when we look about, you know, is there an opportunity for AI? Do innovative companies and originators have the opportunity to really sort of change the game? I think AI is the answer to that that question. So the the from a technology side, I think we're ready. I think the adoption side, we've got to we've got to get on that um, bandwagon and start really using AI the way it was meant to be used in the lending industry. In general, do you think the mortgage industry is ready for AI? Are we there? I really do. I mean, so if you look like historically, um, let's look over the past five years, uh, you, the amount of time, let, let's look at money, right? The amount of money it takes to manufacture a unit is gone up over time, right? Uh, I think I read somewhere that in 2022, it was almost $13,000 per unit. And the good news is uh, uh, technology expense has gone up with it. So I think around 8 to 9% of that that amount is dedicated toward technology, but yet we haven't seen the results that have been promised as an industry, right? It, it still takes a long time to close a loan, right? That the amount of time to close a loan hasn't come down proportional to the increase in spend. And you talk about spend increases, 60% increase over two years. Uh, it, it hasn't gotten that much quicker to process that loan. The quality of loans isn't significantly better, right? There's still issues with buybacks. So what does that tell me? It tells me that a transformational uh, technology hasn't been introduced to the industry yet. And I think that's where AI comes into play. AI can give us that transformation to really not only produce higher quality loans, but reduce the cost of manufacturing and then produce that quality loan so that you know you have better customer satisfaction because you know costs will go down, timeframes will get will get collapsed. And then at the end of the day, investors are going to get a really high quality loan quicker in their portfolio than they would today. And I think that's where AI really comes into play is really being able to drive change, you know, across the lending manufacturing lifecycle, all the way from the beginning of the cycle and point of sale and the customer experience to back end when you're taking those loans and portfolioing them and, and investing in them. So AI is that transformational technology that really can get us that that next that next step that really can change that game for us, Robbie. At least that's my opinion. Well, let's take it from the theoretical to the practical, and I'll ask you, how are lenders currently benefiting from the latest developments in AI? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think there, there are several lenders out there that have adopted AI and have done it well, and I think that um, it, it shows itself in a, in a couple of different areas. You know, it um, the manufacturing of, of the loan, uh, it's it, it all starts with the data, right? Um, data is the fuel that runs the automation engine. So when we look at folks that, that get it right with AI, they use that data to do uh, automation. They then turn around and uh, they're able to use that data to, to perform insights into to things that uh, allow them to um, get the loan processed at a higher quality and at a lower cost. So um, we have customers that have come back to us, you know, you, 
my my level experience is 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 you know within true where they've cut 11 days out of uh, a cycle time to process a certain piece of the uh, lending uh, manufacturing uh, process uh, they've they've seen increased quality in the automation of the data which lends to um, less repurchases which uh, introduce itself to getting uh, loans purchased quicker at a higher quality so all all those have direct cost savings but the you know, sort of the tangential benefit is that you you get uh uh, you get better customer service. You get uh, one customer actually mentioned to us that there's their um, their reviews, their uh, Zillow reviews or whatever uh, review mechanism they use have gone way up because the customer feels that level of uh, efficiency and understands that things are getting done in a more efficient and economical manner. So they're they're real tangible operational expenses by automation, right? We know that. But I think the the part that we we should always keep in mind is the customer experience that goes along with that better processing and that more accurate processing uh, is something to really take into account because uh, customers feel feel the level feel that benefit of automation. Yeah, it certainly seems like AI is really great for taking some of the manual processes out of the origination process, and I, I guess people are worried in a sense about that. In, in so much that is going to put me out of a job, is it going to take my job? Mm. Do you feel like AI will put lending professionals out of a job? Or, or I guess, let's spin it positively, will make them more productive? Yeah, I, I, I don't think um, AI will put lending professionals out of a job. I, I always looked at it like this, um, and I've been looking at this problem for a real long time. To me, uh, manufacturing alone is part art and part science. Right. The science part is making sure that all the data ticks and ties, that the, that the income's calculated correctly, that we're adhering to the guidelines to our to the investor we're selling to. These are all very measurable, uh, automatable events that machines do really well. They don't miss a beat on that. But then there's the other parts of it, right? There's there's always mitigating circumstances. There's gray areas. There are people have to make judgment calls. There's dealing with the customers. So I think what AI does is it really removes that the sort of repetitive um, tasks out of the process. They're really critical, but still they're they're very prescriptive tasks, and allows the creative parts of manufacturing alone and dealing with customers uh, to the people, so they can focus on the stuff that people do really well, and the machines can focus on the stuff that machines do really well. And at the end of the day, both people, both sides benefit, right? The customer benefits, the company benefits, the employee benefits because they're now doing stuff that keeps them engaged and challenged and you know, things that will grow them uh, you know, uh, mentally and emotionally. And they're not just sitting there on a calculator pounding out numbers and uh, and doing things that a machine can do. So I, I think uh, 100% that, these types of technologies really open up, um, re open up the creativity of people, so they don't have to do the drudgery of of the processing side of thing, and let the machine do that and do it all day long, really, really well. Well, since you've been thinking about this for such a long time, let's kind of expand our minds here a little bit and take this into a bigger picture. And I'm going to ask you: If AI needs data to learn. Can this data also be used to transform lending organizations and the products they offer? How do you how do you kind of see this blossoming? Oh, wow, that is a really great question. So, um, you know, 
the fuel that runs the automation engine is data, right? Uh, data is king. That's the one truth I've learned uh, throughout these 30 years is it all starts with the data. And so I, I and I've seen this happen in my own career and in our customers' career. The, the initial attraction to um, tools like the tools that True produces is I'm going to save all this operational efficiency and I'm going to save money. And that definitely is a key part of it. But what people realize quickly after is I have all this wonderful, rich, accurate data. What else can I do with it? Right. And so that's where the real innovative companies take a look and say, well, I have data. I can capture it. I can look at trends. I have all this information on borrowers and properties and lending. I can look for new products and new segments that will allow me to develop products to open up new areas of business. I can also use all this wonderful data to make sure everything matches and ticks and ties to help prevent fraud. Um, you know, and, and, and some of our uh, mortgage insurance customers uh, can use this information to figure out ways to adjust price based upon risk. So to me, the automation part of it is is always the part that people gravitate to uh, initially, but there's so much, so much more. Um, and with with that data, you can you know unlock not only tons of automation, but create new products, figure out new pricing, um, help analyze your portfolio for fraud, uh, help find new programs, help develop new guidelines, and you know, find the best. Um, you know, even create maybe uh, scenarios where you could play what if analysis with borrow to find the best product for them. So this is where um, you know AI really comes into play, and I think some of the some of the other areas. I mean, just to you you kind of think of when you think of AI is just support, right? Um, being able to leverage data to create uh, um, chatbots to help answer questions to customers, help guide them to protect specific products that best fit for them. Uh, so there's a, a lot of opportunity for data to be used uh, in other ways. And of course, predictive analytics is one that we we always, always like to say. And I think one of the things I'll, I'll just add, last last comment, um, you can see I'm, I'm really excited about this stuff. So I, there's a whole bunch of ideas, but uh, you know, we, there's a lot of uh, heat and a attraction to generative AI. And I think that's another uh, area where uh, with a lot of data where machines can learn, um, some of the generative AI tools can be used to look at that data and explain trends and explain um, quality or concerns. And I think that's a that's a, a next level type of uh, innovation, but it all starts with the data. As listeners know, True is the podcast sponsor this week. So I've been talking about AI and lending intelligence each day. But can you explain what lending intelligence really means to you or to True? Yeah. So to me and to True, right? Um, to me, so lending intelligence, uh, we talk about automation, right? And and we, we just said, you know, data, it all starts with data. That data has to be accurate, has to be true. Um, it has to be automation quality. So at True, we don't only look at data as a single point on a document or a file. We look at it holistically in the loan to make sure that the data is not only extracted accurately off of a document or pulled from a field, we want to make sure that it's correct, that it, uh, that when we look at 
an address it matches across all documents all data sources so that we can have confidence and we can build automation around that and that's where lending intelligence comes in is not only gathering the data proving that it's not that it's not only accurate but correct and valid and then taking that data and applying uh, industry domain expertise to solve problems around income or quality or assets or fraud. Uh, so to me, lending intelligence is the capture and creation of that high quality data and then applying our, our tools against that to pre present back to consumers a list of not only a, a, a big, a, a big uh, swath of really rich data, but also analytics around that, forensics around income, information around your property, your collateral, your your credit, and things things along that nature. So it really takes in all of all aspects of AI, all aspects of lending to to give you a rich multi-dimensional view of the loan with data that you can trust. Let's bring it all together here, Bob, before I let you go today. And I'll close by asking you with AI and people working together, where do we see automation within the lending industry going in the next three to five years? Yeah, so you know that that's a great question as well. I I, I go back to um, you know a couple of points, right? You know, we talk about how how does um, AI impact uh, the worker in the mortgage space today, right? So I I think one of the things that AI will do is it'll highly automate the tasks of a loan. But not necessarily the interactions that a human would have with other humans in the in the loan. So, so the first thing that, that I see is um, the amount of uh, of interaction between a say an underwriter and a customer will go way up. Um, but then you know, we look forward, right? So automation of of the loan, you know, obviously calculating individual parts of it. We're going to see uh, more adoption than that. So times to process a loan should come way down. The cost of a loan should come way down. The quality of a loan should go way up. We should see less buybacks. We should see loans getting sold quicker without, uh, and almost automatically without a lot of delay. Uh, and and really, that concept of uh, manufacturing high quality data up, up front and then running continuous quality checks throughout the generation, throughout the life cycle of the loan, will guarantee that um, we have less rework in the process. Once again, driving down costs, driving down timeframes. So I think in our in our lifetime, hopefully we can get to a place where uh, getting a loan is, is something that happens in days, not months. Uh, and the quality goes up and sadly, customer satisfaction goes up and the amount of time and money it takes to generate that unit of work goes way, way down. I don't think we're far away. I, I think the technology's out there. I think that the adoption is something that uh, is lacking right now. But within three to five years, with the advancement in AI, the advancement in computing power, the amount of data that we have access to, the increase in digitization of that data, uh, I don't I don't see uh, a lot of obstacles getting us a place where we have a highly automated lending process that focuses on uh, focuses the people within the lending institution dealing with the people that are trying to get their loans and then the machines are plowing through all the rest doing the calculations and the QC checks and making sure the loan's sellable and won't be bought back and and thus you know improving the entire ecosystem of lending
certainly exciting times. Bob, I really appreciate you talking to me about this and uh, the future is certainly bright. So thank you very much. Thank you. Banks' balance sheets could face further pressure as higher interest rates exacerbate unrealized losses on bonds and loans. At the end of the second quarter, banks' unrealized losses on investment securities totaled $558 billion, up from $516 billion at the end of Q1, but down from $690 billion at the end of Q3 of 2022, according to the FDIC. Treasury's excessive downturn may be due to concerns around rising debt levels in the U.S., bank officials have said. Though benchmark U.S. yields are at their highest levels in 16 years, concerns around an undersupply of bonds have caused Treasury sell-off, diverging prices from fundamentals. The Federal Reserve must proceed carefully with its monetary policy decisions and focus more on how long rates should remain high to combat inflation, says Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr. Quote, In my view, the most important question at this point is not whether an additional rate increase is needed this year or not, but rather how long we'll need to hold rates at a sufficiently restrictive level to achieve our goals. End quote. To bring inflation down, the Federal Reserve may need to raise interest rates one more time this year before holding them, said Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland President Loretta Mester. This move will depend on how the economy evolves relative to the outlook, while she added that it shouldn't abruptly change the current outlook. That type of hawkish rhetoric from Fed officials once again pushed bond yields up yesterday, including the 30-year Treasury yield to its highest level since 2007. Accordingly, the odds of another 25 basis point rate hike sometime later this year moved to greater than 50%, leading spreads to blow back out. The August Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, or JOLTS, showed a big jump in openings to 9.61 million from 8.83 million, reversing two months of losses. Today's economic calendar kicked off with mortgage applications decreasing 6.0% from one week earlier. Not much of a surprise as activity was expected to remain subdued with mortgage rates just below their highest levels since the early 2000s. We've also received ADP employment for September, up 89,000, lower than expected. And later this morning brings final S&P Global Services PMI, September ISM non-manufacturing PMI, August factory orders, and remarks from no fewer than four Fed speakers. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better a solid quarter from Tuesday, and the 10-year yielding 4.74 after closing yesterday at 4.80%. The two-year is at 5.10%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A couple goes to an art gallery. They turn the corner in one of the rooms to find a picture of a naked woman with only her privates covered with leaves. The wife doesn't like it and moves on, but the husband keeps looking. So the wife asks, what are you waiting for? The husband replies, Autumn. Is that funny? (laughs) Thanks again to True for sponsoring today's podcast. To learn more about lending intelligence and True, visit True.ai. Make smart lending decisions fast with True. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.